Welcome to another episode of Say It To Me Nice. I am your host, Bridgetta Giles, sexuality educator, spam, certified family life educator, lover of the word fuck in all forms. <laughs> Fuckalicious comes to mind today, and I am so excited um, to introduce our guest today. Well, he's going to introduce himself, Dr. Kojo Safo. Am I saying that right? Sarfo. Sarfo. Yeah, See, Sarfo. I tried I try to make it like extra fancy Safo. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I like, I've never heard that before. So oh, I might go with that. My apologies. I listen, people mess up my name all the no time. Worries. I, I hate when I mess up people's names, mm-hmm. but go ahead, introduce the listeners to yourself and tell us how you're changing the world. Thank you so much for having me on that. First and foremost, uh, my name is Dr. Kojo. You may have seen me on TikTok and Instagram, you know, putting out the mental health tips. I'm a full-time content creator now. I have a, a clinical background as a board-certified psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and psychotherapist. Uh, I have a um, book, Amazon best-selling book, uh, you know, podcast that's coming up, and a couple of cool things that um, I'm doing online. We're working with the CDC and the Department of Public Health in California to, you know, figure out new ways to, to reach the youth and educate them in a funny and um, informative and, and uh, educational way. So, you know, I pretty much work on the internet now, that's what I do. And I'm looking to educate people about different topics that, you know, there's stigma behind it. So like sex. So I'm, I'm very excited to be on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for sharing time with us today. And that's actually how I came um, to know you or know of you via Instagram. Instagram. I am obsessed with your page. I, appreciate I love that. your videos. Um, I, I was sharing with you that I've been in behavioral health for much longer, (laughs) much longer than I probably should have been. Uh Um, And I find myself learning more and more just by watching your videos. And it's really making me think. And when I'm working with clients and when I'm, uh, I'm a trainer, when I'm training um, service providers to work with families, I'm like quoting things that I saw on your video, like, yeah, you should check him out. <laughs> so I'm so thankful that you came to share some time with us today. So appreciate you. first thing, I know you have some fun tales of just the wholeness, whole tales from behavioral health. So what is the craziest, most scandalous, outlandish right. thing you have heard in connection to sex? Um, in your practice yeah i mean i've heard of you know people having to go to er's with uh, foreign objects you know lodged inside of them i've heard of uh you know people being upset that you know like i've seen a wife apologize for catching her husband with like a mistress you know i'm like you know it's supposed to be the other way around uh, i've what? seen uh yeah i've seen um you know uh I've seen, uh, you know, this is unfortunate, but I've seen people come in before um, and they'll say, I have, uh, you know, this sexually transmitted uh, condition. And, you know, you might talk to their partner and you they might also be a client. And they that partner, like I've had one person who had, uh, I think it was HIV or herpes, I forget, but um, their partner had no idea, you know. Um, so these are things that obviously you should disclose to uh, you know, your partner, you know, because you pick your partner, you don't pick your family. Um, and sometimes right. growing up, you don't pick your friends, but your partner, you get to pick that person. So, you know, you want to disclose some of these things, but uh, I, I've seen it and, um, and, and and heard so much. So it's, it's interesting, but I think the important thing is to not shame um, individuals. I, I've, ha- I've had um, uh, patients who, you know, in the 
in the height of a Mac episode have ruined their marriage, you know, slept with mm-hmm. their, you know, spouses, family members, cousins, you know, friends, best friends, you know, so things that, you know, it would, um, you know, it hurts people in real life, but sometimes you see similar stories like, you know, in the movies and it's like all scandalous, but like those things do happen for a lot of people every day. Right, right. So that brings about an interesting topic that a lot of people don't discuss, but people in the sexual health realm, um, we, we, I, I'm going to speak for myself. I don't necessarily like the term um, sex addiction Mm -hmm. because typically it's a symptom of another diagnosis. Like you have a manic episode, you may act impulsively and you may do some things and sex may be the the, the vehicle that got you where you were going. But Mm -hmm. to say sex addiction can be really harmful because typically addictions um, the treatment for it is is abstinence or you abstain from whatever it is. Well, happy, healthy, consenting adult, you say, hey, you're in a relationship, but you can't have sex. Right. And of course, there are other right. forms of intimacy that you can rely on. But, you know, sex mm-hmm. is good things for relationships right. if you if you if you're with that. So. I like that you you use the term in a manic episode versus right. oh you're a sex addict yeah you're not a sex addict no it, it's it's a great thing I think sex is a, is a great thing and we should never make it something that you know we should avoid talking about or you know that people should avoid altogether um, but you know uh, as I tell people on my TikTok or Instagram lives you know anything in excess is is too much you know there needs to be moderation and a lot of you know the young guys who follow me you know they think that oh you get like a badge by racking up how many women you can be with. And, you know, sometimes like you can do that and it can be a sign of you maybe being empty inside, or maybe you're trying mm-hmm. to compensate for something or it might be a manic episode, or, you know, you might have ADHD and you just feel impulsive for a second. So it's always good to get to the root of, you know, what's causing the, the hypersexuality. So I, I like the way you phrase that like addictions. A lot of times people say, Oh, this is something that you must avoid. So it's a little different with sex. Um, but it's more so of like, you know, making sure that you feel respected and you're respecting your body and other people's um, bodies as well. So, you know, th- there's no like set, you know, sexual standard for everybody. Like if some people are in, you know, polyamorous you know, situations and everybody knows what's going on and there's no deception, there's nothing wrong with that. If you're abstinent and you're just working on yourself, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just making sure that you feel respected because a lot of sex has to do with respect as well. Yes. Yes. It's such a sex positive outlook. I love it. Right. Um, a lot of people think that sex positivity, if you're a sex positive person, that you you are having all the sex. You are fucking left, right, side to side. Doesn't matter right. who, where, when, or how. Right. But it really does. Like You can be celibate and still right. be a sex positive person because you're yeah. making this decision about yourself, about mm-hmm. your sexual behaviors because you want to. For whatever reason, be it religion, be it just you need a break, it that's still a part of being sex positive. So thank you for that. A lot of people don't know that. I like the fact that you mentioned that. People think that when you say sex positive, you're encouraging people to have sex. You know, that's not the case. I'm encouraging people to do what's right for them. So if you're taking care of yourself and your mental is on point and you're having a lot of sex, then you know, great for you. If you're in a period of you know in your in your life where you have to take a step back and really work on yourself and you want to, you know, be careful with sex and that's fine as well. So, you know, it just right. depends. Right. So oh, 
part of why I want you on is you have this series of videos where you're talking about how ADHD or different diagnoses impact sexual health. So can you tell our listeners a little bit about the connection between ADHD and sexual health? Yeah, so uh, it's funny because, you know, ADHD is a, you know, mental health condition often originates, you know, early in life uh, and um, it can impact people. And the reason why the videos are going viral is because people didn't know that ADHD can affect you in so many different ways. It affects your work at home, at school, with your relationships, with your your partner, with your boss. And um, when it comes to sexual health, uh, it's important to talk about it because, you know, some states have shown that people with undiagnosed ADHD um, have a higher chance of sexually, um, you know, transmitted infections. Uh, and that's because, you know, they might be impulsive and they might not prepare. For example, if you're a teenager and you're going on a date and you plan to have sex, right, um, you might not really go through the, the, you know, the mental steps of planning to have sex, right? You're meeting someone for the first time, you know, normally, you know, even educated, you would go get a condom and you would just prepare for that. But sometimes, you have that thrill-seeking type of, you know, affect to you where you want to go and, you know, you want to seek a thrill or you're like, okay, I can just get away with it this time. So sometimes that thrill-seeking behavior is seen a lot with ADHD um, and medications and supportive therapy, especially medications have been shown to cut down the risk of STIs because now you're not as impulsive. You're thinking things through. So maybe you, you still are having sex, right? And you might even have unprotected sex, but you would at least talk to your partner about, hey, have you got tested? I got tested. Like you've planned for it. Instead of just right. kind of like ending up into it. Uh, um, and also with uh, adults and, um, you know, or actually anybody who's sexually active with ADHD, uh, a lot of times you can have individuals who have some form of sexual dysfunction. Either they're hypersexual or they don't want to have sex at all, or they don't have sex as often as they would like to, you know. So it's very interesting that link between uh, ADHD and, um, and, and sex. And especially some people have you know, sensory issues to where certain things like, you know, whether it's hearing people like chew or smack or, you know, your partner might do something that could turn you off, you know, which could make it hard for you to have yeah. sex, right? Um, yeah. Or if uh, you just had an argument with your partner, right? If you're having that, you know, back and forth and there's a lot of mood swings and arguments, it's hard to go from an arg argument where you all have really pissed each other off to having sex of course you have makeup sex but sometimes someone may, may have said something that really hurts you and really sticks mm -hmm. with you and then that's your person and that's the person that you know you enjoy being intimate with but now it's going to be hard to do that because you no longer see them in that same light so it's important to talk about especially adhd and his relation to sex yeah yeah and I, I i've never thought about it until like i knew that there was some impact like some medications can affect functioning and things of that nature um, I remember uh, when I was 19, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety. And the mm -hmm. first thing that my doctor told me was, okay, so I'm going to put you on this specific medicine, but just know it does impact um, your libido. And I'm right. like, wait, what? Right. Right. <laughs> what? what are you telling right. to me? I am 19 years old. It, what? So right. to be honest, even back then, Again, this was before my experience, before, you know, being in the field and all of that. Like, I was like, I don't want to take this medicine because mm -hmm. I like having sex. And right. so that I can see that also causing some issues for clients 
that mm-hmm. love to have sex and now you're giving them something to treat one thing but it's going to cause an issue with something else so they're like right. i ain't taking that shit no no it, it's important you know and uh if you're speaking about antidepressants specifically you know we don't use antidepressants for adhd well you can use well butrin which doesn't have you no know, the sexual side effects of the standard antidepressants but a lot of times with that you know when you give somebody a medication like that you want to tell them hey you might have some irritability in your stomach. You might feel a little nauseous in the beginning. You might have trouble with your libido. And it's important to mention that because if you're taking the medication, a lot of times people will stop if it impacts your sex life. And, and me being a young male, like that's the reason why I would stop. Like if, yeah. you know, because we all have feelings and we have, you know, carry yourself a certain way. So if you're not able to, you know, um, perform uh, consistently, that's going to be an issue. You know, I don't care. You know, I always think about that when I'm talking to a patient. You can't expect somebody to, uh, you know, take something that's going to impact their, you know, their sex life and for them to continue taking it. So it's important to talk with your provider and um, even some antidepressants, uh, you'll give it to men who struggle with premature ejaculation. So sometimes it can help your sex life if you're struggling with that. So it's always important to ask, is this going to impact my sex life? And I think a lot of people are afraid to ask that question. Because you, mm-hmm. you don't want to, you know, we don't talk about sex at all. So right. you think that if you, um, you know, you ask that question, you'll sound like a, like a horn bug or, you know, whatever the, right, the term right. is. You'll sound like <laughs> somebody who loves sex, uh, but it's a part of life. You know, and you have to be right. realistic when you're, um, you know, planning out your, your healthcare plan. Like you have to be set measurable goals. So if you're not able to take your meds consistently, you can't expect them to work. And if you're not taking them, then that's a problem. So that's why it's important to have these conversations about sex. Right. I um, I have really good relationships with my all of my doctors. <laughs> so my OBGYN gets it the worst mm-hmm. because when I I chose her because she was sex positive. Okay, um, and I, I live I, I live in Louisiana. Uh, I was born in Miami. I was raised in a little bitty little bitty town of Louisiana. In now Yes, a smaller, a bigger, smaller town in Louisiana. And that has always been a fear. Like I'm a very sex positive person. Mm -hmm. I have no, if my left eye twitches the wrong way, I'm at the doctor. I don't play about my health. But in choosing my providers, I'm like, are you sex positive? Are you comfortable having these conversations? And not just, oh yes, of course. No, like, cause mess with me. You Mm -hmm. gonna have a chance to prove that you're sex positive. Because we're going to talk about it. So one thing that my OBGYN, she's cool. I could talk to her about whatever. But she did suggest to me, which was odd, that for some things, it is okay to have your doctor, to have your therapist, Mm -hmm. but also have a sex therapist in addition to your care. And allow, you know, you have your releases of information so they all can correspond and talk to one another. Right. I wouldn't go to just a general practitioner for heart issues. I'm gonna go to a cardiologist. Right. So right. it's okay mm. to have a sex therapist or a licensed mental health person that does have some experience dealing with sexual matters right. in your back pocket it, it's, if it's available. It's so important. And I think people want to feel like they're not being judged. That's the main thing. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with what the provider does themselves. Like you, you might have a provider who, you, you could have a like a 65 year old doctor who's been in a 40 year 40 year marriage and he has adult kids and you know, this wouldn't be the person who you would think is like you know um up to date on you know the right. recent sexual practices or somebody who you think would be open but that person could say hey 
I want my client to be happy. And that person could be the sex positive person that you need. And sometimes you can have some young people who you go to them and say, oh, this person is young. I feel like I can relate to them. But sometimes they might let their views impact the, the way that they provide care. And I see that a lot in, in healthcare where people think, oh, no, like I grew up in a conservative family. I think you should wait till marriage. You should only be with one person. And those are all great things. Like I, I don't think nobody is wrong here. You know, right. You're only wrong when you feel a certain way and you think that the other person has to do things the way that you do it. You know, right. you're not going to be able to provide the best type of care. Not at all. You know? not at all. So being able to be open. Right. Being able to be open. Super and, important. And if you don't know the answers, and no matter what your title mm-hmm. is, your background is, yeah. if you don't yeah. know the answer, it's okay to say, I don't know, but let's research that. Right. Uh, yeah, you that's know? my favorite lines. Like, if I don't know, if a patient comes in with a, a very expensive medication that I don't, I don't normally prescribe because I'm like, okay, I, I work in a state hospital. We don't have access to X, Y, and Z. I'm like, oh, well, I, I read about this medication in school. Let me go back and do some more research and I'll get back to you. The worst thing you can do is, is you know, providing misinformation. That's the, yeah. that's the worst thing you can do. Just say, I don't know. There's no shame in saying, I don't know. I'll go read, you know, and up to date or look through the PubMed, the most recent articles, but I'll get the answer for you. Right. Right. I met, I had to go to the emergency room um, a few months back and the doctors were talking to me about the medications and any diagnosis that I may have. And I shared with the ER doctor that I um, have been, I've been living with PMDD Mm -hmm. um, for about 10 years now. And the doctor was like, whoa, just stop completely. Now I'm there because I'm having shortness of breath and I'm having some palpitations. And I'm like, yeah, so I have PMDD, I have high blood pressure. She's like, wait, what? You got what? Right. He was like, I've never heard of that. Can you t- can you talk to me about PMDD? And I was like, oh, but I'm not here for that. But I can. It, it, sure. it, makes, it makes perfect sense to me because, like, if you have an ear doctor who's used to, you know, um, working with people with, you know, in accidents, you know, aortic aneurysms, you know, people who are th- throwing clots all over the place. You wouldn't expect that person to be up to date on um, anxiety or something like even PMDD. People don't talk about it a lot, you know, and, and it's such a, a something that because it's not talked about a lot. People don't know. People think it's like PMS. Oh, she's just bugging out. She'll be fine. So it's not um, uncommon for you know a licensed healthcare provider to not be up to date on that, especially if it's not their specialty. So I think it's, it's always great to say hey, I don't know, I'll go do some research. Or maybe they'll call up their buddy who's a mental specialist and say, hey, educate me on this real quick. You know, that's the good thing about having a network of providers. And then they'll say, okay, well, you know, we do antidepressants or blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's, I, I love people saying, I don't know. I don't, it's such a liberating word. And so you, you're trying to have to make the bullshit on the spot. And be like, well, you know, we're not politicians. We, we don't have to lie. <laughs> right, because I promise you, and I get, I'll get some sexual health questions and I've been doing this for a while and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I have to, I don't know right. what that is, but I'm hella curious now. So now right. I want to go research it and we're going to come back to this conversation. Yeah. Um, so, and I, yeah. like, you're right. It's very liberating to not have to be the bearer of all information. <laughs> right. You know, uh, uh-huh. just uh, some quick research and I'll get back uh, you know, to you with the correct answer. Right, right. So you have someone with a diagnosis who is in an intimate relationship with someone. Um, 
how can their partner be supportive of them as they're navigating this the sexual world with different diagnoses, be it ADHD, depression, anxiety, whatever? How can a partner be supportive? Uh, just by creating an environment where that person feels like they their best self without being afraid of judgment. I think that's so important, you know? So if, you know, whether it's ADHD or depression, if somebody's struggling to, let's say, you know, all the embarrassing issues, erectile dysfunction, if you have a guy who's hard, having a hard time getting up or finishing, you know, um, or finishing too early, you know, yeah. a, a lot of guys, like I hear it all the time, I get DMs from guys all the time who are like, uh, my girlfriend doesn't understand me. I'm afraid to talk to my girlfriend. And a lot of times it comes from their past experiences. They mm-hmm. they love their girlfriend or their wife and that they're happy to be with them, but they have a fear of opening up because if they open up to this woman, she will do them like the previous day, you know, so right. then you have that trauma that's haunting you. So you're, you're having a hard time performing or you don't want to talk about certain issues that could improve your sex life, but you're afraid of that judgment. Um, and, and likewise for women as well, like if, you know, you don't, you're not in the mood, I, I think a lot of times women might feel unsexy if they're not in the mood, like you want to please your man, your husband, or whoever's your partner. So if you consistently can't get there, you know, whatever the case is, can't have an orgasm, can't, your drive is not there at all. Uh, a lot of women live in fear. Like I've had women who are, who have told me things like, you know, like they told me like, explicitly like I know my husband's gonna leave me it's just a matter of time mm. because I can't satisfy him sexually and mm. people are really living like that um and and, and that's a, a dangerous way to live nobody should have to live in fear like that you know and you mm-hmm. you love your partner but like know that they have sexual needs too and you feel like you know time is, is not on your side and if you don't figure out something pretty soon uh, it's only a matter of time before he meets a younger girl mm. or somebody who sexually satisfies him uh, so that's why it's important to talk about it. It is very important. Right. And with your healthcare providers, because yeah. I will I will have a client come in, um, typically a feminine center individual will come in saying, hey, my sex drive is at the floor. My partner's is at the ceiling and mm-hmm. we can't meet in the middle. And they're, they're going through all these different scenarios. I'm so tired. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, well, have you, have you ruled out a medical situation first have you talked right. to your medical provide like wait what have mm-hmm. i did no i would never why would i talk to my doctor right you should <laughs> you should because it could be hormonal it could yeah. be the medicines that you're taking it could be other diagnoses. Yeah. it could be a plethora of things so before we start looking at your lifestyle mm-hmm. before we start looking at you know you not taking the bulk of the house chores and now you're tired at the end of the day and you don't want to do nothing Let's look at, well, are you perimenopausal? Mm-hmm. Are you menopausal? Are you taking different medications that would impact this? Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it never comes into anyone's mind. Right. Like, oh, let's start with like the physical. Let's start with is my body exactly. something going on with my body? So mm-hmm. by all means. So as a right. partner. Did you did you just have right? Did mm-hmm. you just have a, a baby? And uh, because you have a baby, are yes. you, you know, maybe having some mood changes from that? Are you a little depressed? Depression can affect your sex drive. You know, mm-hmm. there's so many different things. Uh, so it's important to rule those things out. And, and I, I think that's the, the coolest thing about social media and putting this information out there for free. Like people are, people are telling me things that like, <laughs> like they'll DM me and say, I've never told my doctor this. And obviously, like legally, I can't reply because I can't, you know, assume care of the yeah. patient. But whenever I do go to the DMs, it's remarkable to see, like, 
you know, how comfortable people feel when that safe space is created. So if you can take that safe space and just like inject it into the actual real world, I think people will benefit greatly from it. Yes. I am. I'm just in awe of how far you've come. I feel like, I feel like I've been rocking with you from the beginning. <laughs> from the beginning. I love that. I appreciate it's it. Just, it's just watching your progression. And as I am, have now entered the world of content creation, I'm winging it. <laughs> I am winging it, but just the consistency that you have and Appreciate how powerful it. your messages are. Um, I truly, truly believe, you know, I always ask everyone how you're changing the world. I truly believe that you are changing the world and you're getting closer and closer to breaking the stigma, stigma of mental health. Um, and with more people like you coming to the forefront, like I really do believe that we have a shot at getting people to understand mental health and that it's not something to be ashamed of and to talk about your feelings. Right. No, that's important. It means a lot to me, you know, like I'll post a video and I'll go to the gym. Um, I don't think much of it. Like I went to the gym this morning, my buddy came over, went to go lift and I'll post a video. And then like, I don't even think about like what the videos do until I, I see the, the feedback. And then mm-hmm. my comeback later and it has like 800,000 views or a million views. And people will say, Oh, um, this changed my life. I'm like, what? You know, like it's hard for me to comprehend that, but I'm like, okay, it's helping somebody. I have to yeah. keep going, you know, so I just continue to, to make the content like that. Yes. So y'all, everyone who's listening, keep going. Right. Whatever you're doing, keep going. Yeah, keep All going. Right. So mm-hmm. three, your top three sex tips for specifically for people with a different diagnosis, be it depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. ADHD, whatever it is. What are your top three sex tips? Uh, number one, I would say be realistic and, and find what, what works for you. You know, like if you're dating somebody who, you know, they have a fairly decent sex drive, but you're used to somebody who had a high sex drive. You have to adjust now. This is your person or whatever lifestyle you have, whether it's polyamorous or monogamous, uh, you know, have something that's consistent and it works for you. You know, don't, don't try and compare your sex life to somebody else right? who's having like a lot of sex but not having any sex at all like make sure that you're you know doing what's working for you um number two i'll say make sure you're being respected you know and like sometimes you know mainly women say this because i've heard from my community they'll say things like uh you know i have sex even when i don't want to um just Mm -hmm. to please my partner or things like that make sure you're feeling respected there's nothing wrong with having a lot of sex or no sex or medium sex but you want to make sure that it's your decision you know you're going to feel empowered that way um, and number three, I would say go to a healthcare provider and just get regular mental health checkups. Uh, it could improve your your sex life in a great way, you know, because you never know what's going on with you. You might not know that you were mildly depressed. You might not know that you were anxious. Mm-hmm. You might not know that certain things were going on with you, which has been, you know, limiting your sex life. So when you go to get that checkup, then you figure out, oh, I didn't know I was going through this. You can communicate with your partner better. Uh, and that way you don't have to like have sex when you don't want to you don't have to do certain things that you know cause arguments you know and a lot of people unfortunately um, they learn to love each other by hurting each other Um, Mm. and you might stay together but you still have to work through all that residual trauma from what you all had to do in the beginning when y'all first got together or when you first got married so I would say it's very important uh, to make sure that you're getting that mental health uh, checkup in so that way you know why you're doing the things that you're doing yes I love that. I like the idea of mental health checkups. Yeah. You go every year for our annuals, you know, we get checked out. 
and all that good stuff. But how often are we thinking about having a mental health checkup? Right. You you didn't preach today. That that was a sermon. <laughs> <laughs> that was a sermon. I love that idea. I'm sweating now. I'm sweating now. <laughs> yes, that was good. Cool. That was good. Yeah. Get the man some water. <laughs> All right. So before I let you go, rep your brands, tell us what you have to come. Um, just tell us all the great things that are coming from you. Okay. So um, uh, we have a couple of cool things here. I'm looking for my book. I can't find the book, but I have a book called You Already Won. It's an Amazon bestseller. It's a new book. It came out September of 2019, but you know, with social media kind of taking off, people have just discovered the book and people are buying the book every day and it's new to them. So that book is available on Amazon. You can type in you already won, or you can go to my social media pages on Instagram or TikTok and find it there. Uh, so that, that book is still a great read. Um, uh, we have a podcast that's coming out either the end of this month or early September. It's called What's Good with Dr. Kojo. Uh, I'm playing it for, I'm playing for it to be the number one mental health uh, podcast in Hollywood. So, I, you know, I moved to LA on purpose to get into this space, into entertainment, to, you know, try and shake some things up. Uh, and um, there's an ADHD short film that is going to happen in New York City, so I'll be there next week. I'm not sure when that will come out, and uh, there's actually a, a documentary that um, I was featured in. I can't talk too much about it, but it's going to be on uh, Oprah's network next year during Black History Month, so um, yeah, I, I, this is the, my first time announcing it online, so I guess people will have to watch this podcast to, yes! to pick up on that, so uh, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be February 2022 so oh my god i'm so excited for all of this i'm i'm you have an subscriber to your podcast listen i'm <laughs> talking about barney and uh, teletubbies i'm listening in thank you I that is so that. amazing oh my god well yeah. thank you for sharing space sharing time sharing your expertise with the say it to me nice family and nothing but it's all up for from here yes ma'am. i wish you nothing but but wealth and abundance and just continue to change the world. Thank you so much. I I really appreciate it. And thank you for reaching out. Anytime somebody reaches out and wants to feature me on a podcast, I think it's really cool. So I do appreciate your time. Yay, thank you so much.